0: We're really excited to be talking to ellie valley on today's episode ellie is an author and artist and his latest book is diaspora boy comics on crisis in america and israel and a great sign of just how good it is is that abe foxman of the anti-defamation league calls it bigoted unfunny brett steffens the islamophobe at the new york times calls it grotesque wretched and commentary magazine called him ferociously repugnant so great reviews Don't forget, this month, our live taping is an anti-Columbus Day special. It'll be on Monday, October 9th, and our special guests will be Wendy Muse, PhD history candidate at NYU. Her research focuses on collaborative efforts between left-wing activists fighting against the military dictatorship in Brazil and colonialism in Portuguese Africa during the Cold War, and Anoa Changa, a progressive Renaissance woman, and the host of the podcast, The Way with Anoa. Make sure you come out to the Brooklyn Commons at 380 Atlantic Avenue, October 9th at 7 p.m. Welcome to the Katie Helper Show. I'm your host, Katie Helper. We are so excited today. We're gonna to be talking to Ellie Valley. He's a writer and artist. I'm being really peppy, and I'm here with
1: my co-host. Gay Pacheco. What's up, Katie Man? It sounds like you've been drinking monster energy drinks.
0: And you know why I'm I, really why I'm doing this? Is because my mom, big fan of the show, big friend of the show, F O T S. Doesn't like the way I sound at the beginning of the show. She really? Told me that. Yeah.
1: She said, "Put a little pep in your step."
0: Put a little pep in your step. Put a little love in your heart. She said, "I don't like that because I guess I go hello and welcome to the Katie Helper show. It is a kind of a downer or weird."
1: Something. Yeah, you always gotta you gotta end on an upbeat. Upbeat, yeah. Upbeat.
0: Hello, this is Katie, the Katie Helper show.
1: Yes. 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 That's M. that's uh that you know that lets the uh, audience know that um, that uh, we are off on a good foot.
0: Yes, we are off on a good foot. We then we should do some more mixed idioms. We like to put. <laughs> we want you to listen. You know what? We need you to support our Patreon so we can put food on our families. To quote George Bush.
1: Oh. And you're working
2: hard to put food
1: on your family. Sounds, Sounds great. Yeah. So we'll send you photos of our families on tables with food. Uh, ladled on top of them. That
0: would be good, actually. Ladle, 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 dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. See, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm up, I'm here, I'm wired, I'm queer, I'm, I'm, I'm queer uh, allied, queer allied,
1: queer adjacent,
0: queer. Well, I'm really not.
1: <laughs> right. You know, it's not a choice.
0: Ally. It's not a choice. you think I choose to be involved romantically with men?
1: We're yeah. born this way. Yeah, you're, bo- you're born with a brick-and-mortar uh, uh, gender identity. You wish that it was like a pop-up food cart.
0: That I could like, switch, it, switch yeah, out, you yeah. You could just
1: move, move in and out, change the cuisine.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like this really corny Ani DeFranco song. To me, what's more important is the person that I bring Not just getting to the same restaurant and eating the same thing I got spots, I got stripes, too. I've got
1: spots, I've got stripes, too
0: Lot. It's okay. It's a, it's okay. This is a safe space. Uh, I did actually probably go to more Annie DeFranco concerts than any other artist. Yeah? Yeah. You know who I, she is from I like going to Bard,
1: right? A hundred percent. Yeah, freshman year there was yeah. uh, there were a ton of Annie DeFranco fans and uh, women with acoustic guitars. Right. My breast is in
2: curve off my guitar.
1: Uh, in my in my cohort my year. And you're in your and they would serenade us. Really? Yeah, they would have little mini concerts in their dorm rooms.
0: Uh, with both hands. Uh-huh. Yeah, with both hands. I'm walking <laughs> out in the rain, and I'm listening to the low moan of the dial tone again. I am walking
2: out in the rain, and I am listening to the low moan of the dial tone again, and I am getting... Did that bring back
0: memories? Was it good enough to? That make was, you think Ani was. I'm there? having
1: flashbacks. Right? PTSD. Yeah. And I
2: can't let it go.
1: Freshman year at Bard College.
0: Nice. And Wesleyan, forget about it. Boom. I'm there. Boom, I'm there. Please make sure that you rate and review us on iTunes. And that you follow us. If you don't do the iTunes, you can do SoundCloud. But we really prefer iTunes because then you can review us. We get some stars. We
1: love the reviews. If you guys write funny reviews, we will read them on the air. Yeah, exactly.
0: We will do that. Also, make sure that you support us on our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. You will not regret it. So much great bonus content from Adam Johnson. Everyone loves Adam Johnson. He was great. He was great, right? Walking encyclopedia. Matt Carbonus, actual Dr. Adam Gaffney. We got a lot of... Well, I don't want to say that because I don't want to to discourage people from giving, but let's just say we got a big uptick in Patreon donations because people know, they know that they got to listen to Adam Gaffney. Yes. Adam Gaffney, kind of like Gabe, he's an honorary Jew. I don't want to out him. He's not Jewish. I mean...
1: So many Jewish mothers disappointed. They oh. think, "Oh, look at this doctor!
0: Doctor, he's a, a doctor, eligible. a single payer advocate. He bridges that that d- that divide between lefty moms and just your traditional Jewish moms." Right. Right. Because he's a doctor. He's the
1: best of both worlds.
0: Yes, within the Jewish world.
1: Yes. Which is the only <laughs>
0: world that we lo- we live in.
1: Right. Because we we're uh, located in New York City.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That would be funny. We could do a test. I mean, this is a little problematic, and we're bordering on eugenics. But we could do a test where people would have to guess whether you or Adam are Jewish.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I go out for commercial auditions or anything, uh, they always... It's me and like a as a Latino and then they they just, me and a bunch of other dudes that don't look anything like me right and I should really just go out when they're casting for like uh, fiddler on the roof Nebbish Jewish uh, computer programmers. exactly or Tevia Tevia what's Tevia uh, Fiddler on the roof oh, gotcha. if I were,
0: I were, a,
1: were a rich man if I were a wealthy man. Um, showing my showing uh, my ignorance of the uh, of the diaspora art scene.
0: You know what? It's okay because we're going to find out a lot about that. But, again, make sure you go to patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. That's patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. We got that Adam Gaffney bonus. Then we got James Adomian, which is one of the funniest things. He's McCain. He's John McCain. So funny. You know, the thing about James Adomian, James Adomian, of course, is a comedian. And he most recently was in the Bernie versus Trump uh, tour which was also a fusion special. What is so cool about James is that he was a theater econ major, which doesn't really mean like you need to do that to do really smart political comedy, but it's more a sign of his interests. So when he does his impersonations of comedy of of politicians,
1: right, he like Jesse the Body Ventura. Exactly.
0: He really brings like an intelligence and an analysis to it. So like when he impersonates John McCain, he says, I will if there's one thing I can promise is I will bring down the gooks. And of course that's a reference to John McCain's refusal to stop using the word gooks. Only for his captors. Yes. And again, as we brought up, it would be like if I had been assaulted by, you know, four black men, let's say, and I called them the N-word. But only for them and all other black men I called it would be funny if I called them really woke names, African-Americans. I mean, that's that's like expired woke, but yeah. it would be funny if I, was, <laughs> I became like a, really into Angela Davis. I was like a big Asada Shakur defender. Uh, but
1: with this very small sliver of racism. Of, the, <laughs> yeah. of
0: applied racism. Just
1: uh, like, yeah, yeah, uh, la- laser uh, precise exactly. racism. Exactly. Laser precise
0: racism, yeah. So here's some fan mail we got uh, in response to the episode from last week. Sure. This is from Ephraim Duke, and his comment is whiny leftist babbling, in quotes. Quote, whiny leftist babbling, end quote. There, saved you 41 minutes. And I wrote, thanks for the listen and contributing to our listen count. And he wrote, well played, and then had a smiley face and a clapping hand. Now, Ephraim Duke, his avatar is, is black, but his, his clapping hand emoji is white. Yes. Just saying. Maybe he's conflicted. Maybe that's not him in the avatar. Maybe those hands aren't actually his. Get it. It's an emoji. They're not actually his. But he gave it a like also, so maybe we converted him. What hey, you,
1: you know what? Maybe he wanted the attention. He wanted the validation. Exactly. And that's what we're here for at the Katie Help. We Show. are here for that, yeah. We'll listen, guys. We listen to your feedback.
0: We do, yeah. Remember we found some great um, feedback uh, from someone who really was a big fan of yours? Yeah. I don't know where that is, but I'll find it, because we got to bring you the comments.
1: Somebody on Twitter said that I, I have to speak louder into the microphone. Really? Yeah, that's that's the only that's the only uh, Feedback. Uh, note I got. You know what you got to do.
0: Oh, yeah, the volume level should be adjusted. When the interview starts, the volume <laughs> drops significantly. <laughs> Damn, Matt Carp sure does talk fast. That's another one.
1: Well, stop listening to the podcast at 1.5 speed. If oh, you can't handle oh, how fast it is. you know...
0: Gabe, I like the way you assume that that's what people do.
1: Because that's what I do. I listen to all my podcasts at 1.5 speed. I do that on my iPhone.
0: Yeah, your iPhone, right? Yeah. You know, there's a
1: plug for um, a product that's not paying me.
0: Right. Yeah, you're right. Oh, we got someone quoting Adam Johnson. That's actually helpful because we can then make little Instagram images out of that. Remember, guys, we really want you to quote us and our guests. We'll even take you quoting our guests. That's how tolerant we are. Usually we like wouldn't be funny if we only wanted stuff on us. Like we only wanted to make Instagrams on about us, not about.
1: I mean, you can roast us, too. Yeah. Roast us. Yeah. yeah. I'd love a <laughs> I'd love a critical quote.
0: Yeah. Well, you Gabe already responded so well to your constructive criticism oh you know i found something else my mom found it for me actually it was some discussion on reddit and uh someone said does anyone else find like it, it hard to listen to katie helper did i bring this up already
1: i think you uh yeah she
0: sounds like a jewish aunt yeah um, but then
1: somebody's defending you as being like really attractive sexy. Yeah, yeah exactly
0: yeah so thanks guys you, you know if you okay a question would you rather someone say you're stupid and attractive or unattractive and smart
1: I mean, I'm pretty vain. Yeah,
0: so you would say...
1: <laughs> you get, like, I just noticed, you get away with a lot more stuff if you look good.
0: Right, so you would say you would rather attractive and uh, and stupid, right?
1: Uh, you, it's th- always great to be underestimated.
0: Uh, intellectually, like yeah. a sleeper attack.
1: That's right. Right. Yeah, you want to fly under the radar.
0: Exactly. You know, I would also say the same thing. Because I think that for a lot of people, especially as a woman... I'm much more. I, I'm very, I'm pretty confident in my intelligence. Yes, you know, and I think there's some women who I think are seen as like as they're just objectified as physically attractive and not taken seriously intellectually, mm-hmm. and they probably want the other thing. They want to be seen as smart and unattractive. Right. No one wants to be seen as unattractive, but probably the thing that they, in other words, if I, if someone says Katie her stupid, I'm like, uh huh, sure.
1: Here's but here's the secret the real secret. Everyone is dumb and unattractive. So if inside. <laughs> right. Hey, guys, I, am I speaking to your inner child? Yeah. You're all dumb and unattractive. We, but we all have that uh, insecurity. insecurity on the inside. And really, what do we know? We know very little about the universe, about what's going on so inside of our bodies. Usually about... people
0: say that stuff like <laughs> we all have that insecurity inside. And then they offer a positive <laughs> affirmation. But you know what? You're beautiful and you're smart. We don't. But you're like, and you know what? That's not that's not off because what the hell do we know? So embrace (laughs) your you're not like push back. Stop, you know, tell that inner voice to be quiet. Challenge that inner voice that's telling you you're stupid. You're like, embrace it because you're right. That's yeah. the smartest you get, is when you acknowledge your own stupidity. That's
1: right. I, understanding that you have limited uh, limited access to information. Right. And you also have a limited ability to actually process the information that you're taking in. Right. Um, and we're all fallible. Sure. There's maybe four hours of the day when I'm lucid. Yeah. And when I'm uh, functioning at a high level. And uh, then there are times where I'm on the couch binging on an entire pint of ice cream.
0: Oh. I could eat unlimited ice cream. And
1: watching Veep. Five yeah. episodes of Eep in a row, but
0: lots of times you watch smart things about like the drug war and Latin America. So That's... I wouldn't beat yourself up too much. Well, when you were a little kid, did you feel more insecure about your looks or your intelligence?
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I got held back in second grade. Really? Yes, but it's because I went to a school that was uh, was failing, and so when I when I uh, well, it closed at the end of second grade okay. for me, and then I had to uh, restart it. Uh, in in a new school. Oh,
0: so that doesn't count.
1: It doesn't count. Right. I also started young. So right, because you're a December Yeah, exactly. Baby, right. So they were like, oh, let's just put him in second grade Why again. Why not, yeah. Which was fine, but I think there were a couple years where I thought, oh man, oh. I, I, I failed out of second grade. I'm a dum-dum.
0: So your parents didn't like sufficiently explain it to you. Right. right, so this is
1: just me overcompensating for that, spewing my opinions on the radio.
0: Oh, good. Well, I'm glad that happened then. I'm glad you had that trauma. I thought you were going to be like, I was held back in second grade, but it was because of my looks, not intelligence. So, well, yeah.
1: you know, and I, I just, uh, yeah. Were
0: you a scrawny kid? Were you a little scrawny kid? Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was a chubby kid. Uh huh. I uh-huh. mean, not the the svelte, um, wiry, wasting away woman you see before <laughs> you, but uh, no, I was chubby kid. So I think most you people... daffiness waif. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm low key thick, as I like to say. I think most people mm,
1: like a like a delicious milkshake.
0: Yeah, but with some shape to it, like it... yeah. A delicious milkshake in an hourglass um, stein, if you mm-hmm. will, an hourglass mug.
1: I've been doing a lot of uh, animalistic exercises in my apartment. Really, I don't like, like to, what? I don't like to go to the gym, but I'll do I'll do a lot of uh, like um,
0: grasshopper like, hops.
1: I'll do I do the hops. Really? And I'll do uh, and I'll do bear crawls along my floor. Oh. Yeah, and then I'll do backwards bear crawls, and I'll do uh, crab walks. You know, I'm just trying to. I want to be a ninja.
0: You could do my thing. You know what my signature exercise move is: duck walk. <laughs> it's just how I walk. I waddle. I have a waddle.
1: I, I, I think in my self image, I was that sick kid from The Simpsons. Um, but because yeah, we sick the I was kid. yeah, <laughs> I was a little as wheezy asthmatic <laughs> kid. I, you know, I think uh, I think my self image. I, I I identify a little bit with uh, diaspora boy.
0: Oh yeah, you good know? transition. Yeah, we're gonna get into that right now in a second. But, which uh, is why you're an honorary Jew. Your honorary Judaism started not just with your asthma, which yeah. already throws you into the into the Jewish category, but also with your perception of yourself as a little wheezy kid.
1: Yeah, but I gotta say this, you know, yeah. uh, once you accept and embrace that uh, you're not the smartest and you're not the you're not the hottest. <laughs>
0: Another pep talk from Gabe.
1: Uh, the, you you work with what you got exactly, and enjoy the uh, tiny sliver of time that you have on this planet. I was a long time coming. I'll be a long time
0: You're like enjoy the mediocrity and then be dead.
1: Well, give me a call. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, just don't work that hard. I have to work hard. Uh, mm. and and use your free time uh, to, to the best of your ability. If
0: I were rich, I'd have the time that I like to sit in the synagogue and pray. And I discuss the holy books with a learned man seven hours every day. Watching Veep and eating ice cream. And
1: that would be the sweetest thing of all.
0: Today, we're going to be talking to Ellie Valley, whose name is spelled ELI, but don't be fooled. It's Ellie, not Eli. That's Ellie Valley. He's a writer and artist whose work has been featured in The Nation, The New Republic, The Daily Beast. The Nib, The Village Voice, Gawker, and elsewhere. And he was selected for the annual anthology, The Best American Comics of 2017. He was the 2011 to 2013 Artist-in-Residence at the Forward newspaper.
1: The oldest Jewish newspaper in the country.
0: Yeah. And his art—that's still around. Yes. Yes. And his art has been labeled ferociously repugnant by commentary and hilarious by the Comics Journal. Ellie's Comics Collection, Diaspora Boy, Comics on Crisis in America and Israel, was released in 2017 from Orr Books. His website is www.ellievalley.com. So, ladies and gents, and people of all genders, please welcome Ellie Valley! Yay! This is our new thing where we do a clap, right? Ellie Valley! Hey! We're so happy to have Ellie Valley live in the studio. He's going to be talking to us about his new book. It's called Diaspora Boy: Comics on Crisis in America and Israel. And it's a su- it's a really good book. Like I'm not just saying that. It's a great book. Ellie is an extremely talented artist, and I knew that, but I didn't know. Like I kind of assumed because you're a smart, funny guy, I assumed that you your writing was good, but I hadn't read it as much. And your writing, his writing, is really good. Not just the writing about the comics, but your writing uh, in the intro to this book. So this book is
1: huge. It's uh, a uh, rich in in uh, text and illustrations. Yes, that's a. Not me talking. I just want people to yeah, know of that course. I'm not Flattering myself. Yeah, no, 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 this there. is Gabe we Pacheco should. right here saying yeah. uh, this this book is uh it's it's dense in a good way. Yeah. And uh, lends cool. itself to multiple readings. Now, That's
0: how so. big is, what is this? It's what? By what? It's not 8 by 11 even. It's... No,
2: no. It's 12 by 14, I believe. I don't know if it's our yeah. ruler in this uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, 12 by 14. 12 by 14. Yeah, because the broadsheet comics, they kind of need a right. uh, larger viewing format.
0: Right. It's from Books. Shout out to... so. You have a forward by Peter Beinart, mm-hmm. a journalist, uh, reformed, what, post-Zionist, maybe still Zionist. I think he probably
2: would consider himself still Z- Zionist. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I just wanted to to read the opening paragraph of your book before sure. we get into the comics. Actually, could you read it since you wrote it? Sure, sure. Thanks.
2: Should I grab it here?
0: Or I could okay. just impersonate you reading it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you Gabe want to do, could that? do it. No, no,
2: no. no. Okay, okay, That's okay. Where were the victims? It was a cold day in Warsaw, and I couldn't find them. I was standing in front of a statue and it had everything, or at least everything you'd want from socialist realist diorama. A feather-haired woman clutching a rifle, another woman oblivious to her blown-away blouse, even a baby at the top, its arms raised in a battle-ready pose. The whole scene was unabashed pulp and I loved it. Still, it seemed like an odd image given the location. This wasn't a random spot for Soviet resistance art. Unveiled by sculptor Nathan Rappaport five years after the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising and less than one month before the establishment of the State of Israel, These fierce fighters emerging from flames were built atop the ruins of the ghetto in such haste that burnt-out debris was incorporated, along with tons of concrete, into the monument's base. I'd expected victims, martyrs, something about the people who died. Over 400,000 Jews in the ghetto had been murdered through starvation, disease, and deportations to Treblinka before the nearly month-long uprising began. It ended when the Germans burned, bombed, and gassed every remaining building in the district. Surely there was more to memorialize at this site of absolute devastation, a still-smoldering graveyard when the statue was unveiled, than modern-day Maccabees. And yet, aside from a single prostrate figure in the corner, this was a pain to human, really superhuman, triumph. And not only triumph, but victory of a specific sort. The figures were modeled on Jews visiting Europe from Kibbutzim in Palestine. By chance, I wandered around to the other side of the statue, and that's where I found them. A smaller procession of 12 people hunched over and headed to their slaughter, Unlike the heroes in front, who were literally bursting from granite blocks originally intended for a Hitler victory monument in Berlin, these figures were cut in base relief into the stone itself. The procession was meant to recall the Arch of Titus and the Roman destruction of Jerusalem. Here, the horrors that had devastated the largest Jewish community in Europe were suggested, but only as a footnote. In every sense, the figures were shadows, hidden away as a source of shame. One more. All right. (laughs) I was shocked. How could they bifurcate heroism and victimhood? Isn't that a grotesque oversimplification, not to mention an obscene insult to those who were murdered? Even the inscription reinforced the binary. To the Jewish people, it's heroes and martyrs. Yes, there was context. Soviet constraints and censorship. Unabated instability in both Europe and the Middle East. The ordeal of rebirth in a city completely destroyed by Nazis. But still, as a piece of Jewish art and iconography, it seemed larger than that. And that's what it has become. A Jewish icon multiplied to the point of definitive self-image. Rappaport's heroes have been reproduced everywhere, from postcards to postage stamps. A replica stands outside the Yad Vashem Holocaust Memorial in Jerusalem. Both sides facing front, here the victims magnified to focus on the suffering. It is now the archetype of Jewish self-imagery. As Rappaport himself said, Could I have made a stone with a hole in it and said, Voila, the heroism of the Jews?
0: So what is it that you're getting at with this opening and this discussion of the bifurcation of heroism and victimhood? Because I kind of think that that's something that um, pervades not only your book, but Jewish identity and history.
2: Yeah, well, uh, recent Jewish history, uh, at least you know, with the emergence of Zionism uh, in the uh, you know, last century, and, and also the sort of dominance of Zionism in terms of Jewish educational constructs throughout the world, Um, they essentially bifurcated all of Jewish history into um, heroism and uh, slaughter. I mean, it's one reason why when, you know, tourists, when Jewish American tourists visit Europe, they're surprised to hear that it's more than a graveyard, that Jewish history began earlier than the 1930s when there was, you know, such a huge um, uptick in uh, hatred.
1: So you're saying uh, that this, uh, in the 20th century, we've seen like a reduction of Jewish history into like an essentialism? Yeah,
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm simplifying a little bit, but the good thing about Zionism is it's such an oversimplification itself (laughs) that you don't have to go much further. It's already hyperbole, which is why these comics can be fun to draw.
0: Right. You talk about something that I'm not sure non-Jews know about, this bifurcation of, of heroism and victimhood, as you say, and this bifurcation of Jewish identity into assimilated or diaspora Jews and and Israel is Jews yeah. or, or allegedly Israel Jews because, of course, most of them are diaspora Jews that went back there. Using but, the term
2: aliyah, meaning rise up. They, right. Even the, the vernacular uh, uses uh, terms of, uh, you know, uh, elevation and submersion. When they leave their yirida, they're going down, literally. That's their term for it.
0: So your aliyah or aliyah?
2: I, either way, The I think yeah. um, is that what she was
0: named after. <laughs> um, but making to, to make aliyah, right, is to is for Jew, It's a, for non-Israeli-born Jews who move to Israel, right? Yeah, it's
2: a term within um, Jewish and Israeli vernacular, meaning uh, that they move to Israel. And you know, Israel gives these benefits to people who make aliyah. But the the actual term, it's also when you get called to the Torah in the Jewish world. You know, that's ah. why you say aliyah. It's like that's the accent we use in the Ashkenazic world. I think.
1: Like, what type of benefits
2: do they get? Um, I actually don't know the financial benefits, but there, uh, there are a bunch of. Uh, do you know about this? I, I, I don't. It's like I don't moving know. to Alaska, where you get money for this. living there from the government.
0: I did not know this. Yeah, yeah
1: Alaska's but... got a universal basic income.
0: Whoa. Well,
1: like you know, they give everybody a couple thousand dollars yeah. for uh, tolerating the the weather.
0: Right.
2: I but. I think I think it might be certain amount of money but I think more it, it might be like sort of assistance with housing possibly mm-hmm. um, or, or or loans or something but I actually don't know and I don't want to be on the record of saying these things and then that's the Israeli okay. embassy uh, sues us. Yeah. yeah, Right. Don't worry. Hey guys, Google it. Check it out. Yeah. See if you can find out what's benefits the benefits. Benefits of Aliyah. I'm yeah. sure you, know, you can Google it right now. Right. It out.
1: also sounds like a great name for a band. It
0: does. Benefits <laughs> of Aliyah. Let's do it guys. Let's do it. probably we,
2: taken in Tel <laughs> Aviv. And we only play Klezmer
0: music. Um, you go through this kind of hatred that's been imposed this contempt for diaspora or assimilated Jews,
2: yeah, um,
0: which is, of course, propaganda to justify not only the state of Israel or Zion, but to get people to move there. And support it and and do everything we
2: can in America to justify some atrocious policies.
0: Right. You know, it could be helpful to actually talk about your actual description of the uh, diaspora boy versus Israel man. Uh, a- that was
1: very interesting for me, being an outsider. It was a great entry point uh, into what could be seen as, like, inside baseball, uh, an inter- like a sort of a, a Jewish-on-Jewish Jewish critique. Yes. But for, you know, uh, Gabe Pacheco, the guy who doesn't know all about it, that uh, comic really uh, shined a light, illuminated everything.
0: Yeah. What page is that on? I think that would be really uh, The actual to-
2: comic? Is yes. Actual the
0: one where you see them side by side and yeah. it describes uh, them? 33. Okay, let's go to that one.
2: Basically, in that one, I just took um, Zionist thought and, um, you know, uh, polemics and tweaked it just a little bit, um, which is why I say in the introduction, no Zionist ideologue in the world understands that comic because it's like, you know, what are you talking about? This is, this is normal. This is you just illustrating reality. Yeah. Maybe uh, open up a little bit. That's actually, uh, illustrating horrifying um, ideology.
0: Right, that's interesting. So they see it as what's what's wrong with this? It's new. It's a. Uh, this is well, an American now I'm Jew. Doing, the American right, Jew right, is crippled.
2: Yeah. Yes. Right. How is this uh, satire?
0: And when when you say that you're saying that when when you show this to Israeli Zionists or American Zionists?
2: Um, especially Israeli Zionists I mean there are obviously there are Israelis who are not Zionists sure but, um, you know in generally yeah. if you if you're gonna find a random Israeli they will you know believe in certain uh, founding yeah. myths of its state that be
0: like is this an act <laughs> they're like this is a secondary source it's great it's how we should teach the <laughs> exactly. difference between diaspora well, it
2: says up here um, Wait, approve for Zionist Approve for Zionists. Education. Education.
0: So, what what we're describing are these two characters, and uh, that that Ellie has created, Israel man and diaspora boy. And I think it's helpful to to start with this because this lays out the kind of bifurcation, uh, as you describe it, of these two identities. And and just so people understand, this is basically, um, this is. This well, this preceded the Holocaust, but the Holocaust really upped the ante. It really h- heightened the the narrative because you have the the narrative of diaspora Jews, which is again our, our our Jews who don't live in Israel, seen as kind of you know all the stereo all the stereo like Woody Allen's seen as Woody Allen with yeah. leprosy. Yeah, like pasty and okay. eczema. Oh yeah, we'll get yeah yeah. Let's He's
2: collected over. Yeah.
0: So let's let's describe, uh, and this is an interesting thing to describe comics over the radio, but I think it's good. So we have, the title of this comic is Israel Man and Diaspora Boy. On the top of the, is this called a panel? The top of the, or is it just a comic? Uh, it's like,
2: uh, like a cover. I did it like okay. with a, a comics code kind of thing on the right. All right, right cool. So.
0: so it says on the top, Jewish mythology comics presents Israel Man and Diaspora Boy. Uh, on the top left corner, it says one sh- one shekel or $75,000. Uh I don't get that. Is that just a uh, just, just, currency? Well,
2: just saying, you know, shekels are so um, you know, valuable. Yeah, I've so, got it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the trade.
0: And, and then uh, on the top right, there's a comic stamp. Is that what did you just uh, call the it? The
2: Comics Code Authority, which was instituted in 1954, like a self censorship device. But I, ah. I use that sort of same emblem. But Cool. But it says approved for Zionist. Do you
0: know these terms? Because you know yeah. a lot about comics. Okay. Yeah, Gabe I know is comic like books. rolling his eyes. I can't get over my ignorance at, at <laughs> comics. Well, actually, um,
2: the, the Comics Code is a separate issue we can discuss because that, that also. The the pre-comic, the pre-code comics are um, basically the inspiration for a lot of my work.
0: So. Okay, so so this is a proof for Zionist educators everywhere. And then what you have is a very strong-looking, uh, uh, muscular figure that says um, that has like the superhero label of I, which mm-hmm. of course stands for Israel Man. Mm-hmm. He's very tall. He's muscular. He's wearing a cape. He's uh, kind of handsome. Uh, has major a major six-pack. And then you also have a how would you a goblin looking figure who uh, comes up to basically uh, uh, Israel man's thighs thighs um, with a crutch.
2: Yeah, he's holding a crutch. Also, it, the um, Zionist um, sort of uh, masculine obsession. Um, sort of attributes to diaspora Jewish men, uh, feminine qualities as well. So I have him with breasts. He's lactating as well.
0: Oh, okay. So he's, he has breasts. He's yeah. lactating. He's drooling just to make him, I guess, uh, unattractive. Yeah.
2: Let me surrounded know. Surrounded by if, flies.
0: Surrounded by flies. Warts, um
2: Wart ridden. Warts.
0: Has like long nails. Fangs. Fangs. Um, has like instead of a cape, he has like a ishmata, if yeah, you will. Yeah. Like he's, a rag. It's yeah. with patches.
2: He's on the cover too. I reproduced him coming
0: out. Oh, here. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so what's wrong with that image? What's
0: <laughs> oh glasses? How we we can't course, forget glasses. He's bald. He has some patchy hair, and then you have wheezing and gasping.
2: <laughs> um,
0: and then should we read the should we read this? And then we can talk about what's wrong with the image. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure sure. out the order of or stuff. Yeah, well, that that, can, that
2: might help. Yeah. Okay. So do, do you you, read, you it? read it. No. Okay. So, yeah.
0: So this is the description of what we see. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's on the cover. It also has uh, not the cover of the book, but on this uh, drawing, revel in the euphoria of Zionist thought. Marvel at the birth of the new Jew. Thrilled to the words of Max Nordau, a founder and leader of modern Zionism, who called the Diaspora Jew a cripple within and a counterfeit person without, so that like everything unreal, he is ridiculous and hateful to all men of high standards.
0: Okay, and that's true. That's an actual quote.
2: That's a quote, yeah, by one of the founders of Zionism. And then Diaspora Boy, on the cover of this uh, piece of this page, says, My entire existence is a useless waste, Israel Man. And Israel Man responds, Have no fear, Diaspora Boy. I am here to replace you.
0: Nice. And Nice. Okay, and then so I'm...
1: the like an Ubermensch, a man Literally. of the future. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's got a very, uh, <laughs> very nineteen thirties Germany yeah. uh, vibe to
2: it. Man of tomorrow on the on the anatomy of our of our heroes. It says.
0: Oh yeah, so this is another page, right? Another.
2: Yeah, yeah. So there's like um, three page this comic. Okay. Um, What's
1: cool about the second page is like uh, you you basically have like a T diagram where you have. Uh, you have the man of tomorrow, uh, Israel man, uh, basically boasting about all of the things that he's good at. And then on the other side of the page, you have uh, diaspora boy. <laughs>
0: Harbinger of death.
1: <laughs> and and every a litany of all of his... Um, uh, I don't know what the right word would
2: be for those defects, that... weaknesses, yes. yeah, dysfunctions. They all correspond to Israel right. man's uh, superpowers. Yeah. So, and so we could this... do a couple of those. Yeah,
0: let's do it. So on the top of this page, it says anatomy of our heroes, and then the heroes are Israel man, quote unquote, man of tomorrow, um, and his pathetic sidekick, Diaspora, Diaspora boy, yeah. harbinger of death. And so, like like Gabe was saying, it's a T. What is it? This is interesting. I. Uh,
1: like a T chart, a T so chart. So you're, you know, I yeah, mean, you're basically, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you want to read them, um, Israel boy, and then the D- Israel I could, man, you Israel man, man. Sorry, uh, you're Israel right? Israel boy. Do you want to yeah. do? Oh, what, Gabe? Which one? Why don't you play one and you play the other? Yeah. Do
2: you want? Do you want like. to? I'm happy. I'm happy to do whatever, man.
0: I mean, as someone who wheezes, I'm just saying, but we don't have to.
2: Okay, so. I'll do Israel Man, and you, and you read the, the diaspora next to it? I'll, yeah. you want me to be as stereotypically uh, diaspora boyish as possible? No, because, uh, <laughs> I mean, you can if you want. Uh, but these, these aren't meant to be said in their voice. It's supposed no. to be the objective. So I'll read uh, Israel Man. Able to see 10,000 years into the future. S- uh,
1: physically, psychologically, and spiritually blind.
2: Perfect nose evolved from Greco-Roman ideal. Uh, probos- proboscis repulsively enlarged
1: due to faulty respiratory system allergies.
2: Skin sun bronze from fields of farming and battle.
1: Suffers from eczema, ringworm, shingles, boils, leprosy, and acne. Even sunlight despises him. Pectorals can stop bullets. Man breasts cannot stop lactating. Should we go
2: on? Sure. Okay. Uh, scent of trees, fields, mountains, and fresh springs. Odor of garlic, mildewed books, rampaging Cossacks. And that's
0: a reference to the uh, what the smells coming out of their armpits.
2: Yeah, I should, I should mention each of these things has arrows going to uh, part right, of their right, anatomy. Right, so. right, right. Um, then an arrow going towards his waist. Spine straightened with pride and self-confidence. Spine crushed from centuries of servility and self-hatred. And then an arrow going towards his loins. Seed used to make the desert bloom. Oh, sounds great. Hasn't had an erection since the destruction of the second temple. And then another arrow towards his uh, rear. Moves his bowels with optimum regularity. Feces used as currency in developing nations.
1: Cannot defecate without 5,000 milligrams magnesium hydroxide, four gallons of prune juice, and a
2: heating pad. Clothing harks back to that of prophets and kings.
1: Clothing borrowed from Gentile culture. Very yeah. Nice, yeah.
0: So, nice. Oh, and okay. then of course he's.
2: Oh yeah. He's, and so and,
0: and, and because, because uh, Israel man is so much taller than Diaspora boy, Diaspora boy has to be standing on a, a bunch of, of books yeah. and whichever you want to read a couple of sure, the titles sure. of the books. These are the um, books that you can find, uh, you know, in Diaspora boy's library.
2: library. Yeah. How to love your anti-Semitic Gentile wife. Dwindling population studies, volume M C C L X X one one one. Exile: The religion of self hatred. The Hypochondriac's Cookbook, Woody Allen's collected oeuvre, How to Live Without a Natural a National Culture, The Parasite, God's Greatest Creature, <laughs> Encyclopedia of Fear and Paranoia, and then finally, One Thousand Reasons to Support Israel. Nice.
0: I feel like a lot of uh, Israel's identity and is and and kind of Zionism is based on a masculine insecurity. Um, and Very nice. His, I, thank you. Um, and this idea of, you know, there's the image of of uh, Diaspora Jews or Ashkenazi Jews, right? Because, of course, there's the, the Sephardic Ashkenazi divide. And uh, most Jews in Israel are actually Ashkenazi, but they, right? I don't,
2: I don't even know. I don't I know think the breakdown so. Are they? Okay. I think,
0: yeah, because Ashkenazi, because Sephardim, uh, they're called something Mizrahi. Yeah. They face some, like... a. They face some racism they or do, oppression, whatever. But, but and I
2: thought they they might face it despite being uh, maybe oh because or the or
0: A- because the Ashkenazi run everything. Yeah, exactly. The, Jew- the Ashkenazi are the Jews of the Jews, basically. Well,
2: the Mizrahi are the Jews of the Jews in terms of being subjugated in that regard right but in terms of I
0: mean like in terms of who runs the government who (laughs) runs the media all the stereotypes yeah about what's interesting is whenever we say something in the United States when we say something is Jewy or Jewish we always mean look your eyes but no Ellie got nervous no no (laughs) we always mean um, Ashkenazi we don't say this but basically all the stereotypes that we use in the United States are Ashkenazi stereotypes and And roughly you can break down the Israel man versus diaspora boy divide to um, Sephardic versus Ashkenazi. Now, they may not be Sephardic, the Israelis that we're talking about, but that's kind of the the legacy that they're they're invoking.
2: You know, that's an interesting view of it. I'll be honest that yeah. the Sephardi Ashkenazi divide and cultural differences didn't really play a part in this because I was talking about um, an ideology that was essentially, you know, born in Europe. And right. um, and so I don't know if either of them would be uh, equated to um, Sephardi or Mizrahi Jews, um, although I would be curious about those kinds of readings. It just wasn't in my sort of writerly right. intent, so to speak.
0: And I think it's not articulated. I guess I'm just using that as as kind of shorthand code. I think it's in there because basically the image of the Israeli Jew is one that's bronzed, one that uh, can work the land and is strong, right? right.
2: Oh, on the other hand, though, they also uh, demean Israel. Mizrahi culture there. And right. so from that perspective Mizrahi. Uh, exactly.
0: I agree. Yeah. I think we're saying the same thing and yeah, it's this weird yeah. contradiction it's which true. is it's that true. because basically Israel is a, is an Ash, it's Ashkenazi run right. and they don't elevate Sephardic culture. But I think that because Sephardic Jews, okay, a little history thing, right? Sephardic Jews are the Jews who were from who went to Spain and Portugal and North Africa, right? And the and, Middle East. The yeah. Middle East. Yeah. Ashkenazi Jews are the ones who went to Eastern Europe, right? Pretty much, yeah. So even though they are not, they don't articulate this difference, the actual physical traits that they're um, elevating in Israel are ones that more or less can be associated, not to sound like Hitlerian or whatever, but because Sephardic Jews are the ones who look more like the original Israelis. So they're darker, they're tanner. um, they're...
1: Uh, more outdoorsy?
0: Yeah, I think that's true, yeah. right? And Ashkenazi Jews are the ones who represent... Again, no one makes... no The, the narrative is diaspora versus non-diaspora, but the Ashkenazi mm. Jews are that. They're the pastier ones, right? They live in the pale. They don't get as much sunlight. All these stereotypes, right? They're more assimilated. They're more... They are victims of pogroms. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's not articulated, but I think it's it's an interesting thing that we yeah. see throughout Israel. Also, again... The Holocaust is so defining and it's so used to justify the state of Israel, but it's also – there's some contempt for it and, and shame. Yes, absolutely. Right? And that's what you talk about in the opening yeah. with the with the sta- with the the stat monument.
2: Yeah. I just want to add to what yeah. you were saying in terms of like the bronze look. Yeah. There was a whole um, sort of movement, I think, in the uh, 60s and 70s in Israel – of sort of like fetishizing Arab culture, you know, while also... Uh, Killing them. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, it's like, you know, people who wear Native American dress in America, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, it's like, uh, you know, so, but... Urban um, outfitters. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the um, the whole thing, bronze and certain aspects of music, etc., cetera, um, were sort of like, you know, but, but I was also like comparing it to how it was before the destruction of the Second Temple when they considered Jews to be... Fighters, victorious, right. etc., and like everything between the destruction of the Second Temple and 1948 is a wasteland.
0: Right, so it's butch versus femme, also.
2: Yeah, yeah. But is there something too where in uh like in an assimilated
1: culture or uh, when you are um, in diaspora, this pressure where uh, Jewish people were. Put under like, because this is a reading I have as not being part of the Jewish community, but this pressure of like be, be taking certain roles in society, or only having uh, certain social outlets. Whereas in Israel, since it's a Jewish uh, state, mm-hmm. um, Jews uh, uh, run the spectrum. Right. So like they're more, um, what what is it like? They they get to be everything. They get to be and and in that. Right. is that where some of this um some the stereotypes come from uh
2: that the israelis have around diaspora um some of the Am later I, maybe yeah. some of the later kind of stereotypes come from that but a lot of my um sort of satirical uh targets are the ideologies that were at play before the state of israel emerged even but yes uh, even before the state of israel emerged uh herzl and other zionist thinkers were talking about how normalization as they called it would mean that um, Israel would be like a country like any other country in the world, and Jews would be everything from you know prostitutes, which of course Jews already had been because you know um, not a lot a, of work, work options. Oh, okay, Limited employment opportunities. Jews were in every in every right, field. Right. It's it's a myth that we were only you know in certain kinds of fields. But but any, but anyways, according to like Herzl and others, uh, Jews would finally be normalized and they would be taxi drivers, etc. Um,
0: the great Jewish aspiration of <laughs> yeah. every mother. That their uh, sons become taxi drivers. Yeah. Do you want to talk just briefly? Not. I know this is a big thing, but about like the founding of Israel for for our listeners who aren't.
2: Um. About like. Uh. What do you mean? Just. Just like, like
0: what happened? How it's how it happened. Nineteen forty-eight. Well, you
1: had one comic strip that actually uh, dealt with um, anti-Semitism in uh, England. Oh yeah. There's that's the fine. British character who yeah. is anti-Semitic. Yeah. And uh, that. That uh, does that deal with sort of
2: like the ideas around the founding of Israel? Uh, not so much, actually. Um, this, this comic, to be honest, sorry. <laughs> no, I don't care. <laughs> Undermine what you, dude. What, what, you're what do I know? About. I'm just um, no, I don't. I don't really like love that comic now, but I'm including it from the for the point of view of sort of like um, you know, completism. Nah. Yeah. Uh, from that perspective, but um, it was a little bit of left punching. But um, at the time, <laughs> uh, I was like really pissed um, at s- certain aspects of um, British. Um, I think you know, anti-Semitism is a legitimate term to use. The way um, uh, certain uh, British, um, especially moneyed British um, attitudes uh, have uh, played out, uh, right. played out concerning Israel and she- Jews, actually. Um, so there's a comic called "A Modern Fable," um, and this comic was from uh, 2007, and is a reaction uh, to. One, you know, horrifying aspect of Abe Foxman's long list of shadows on the ADL, and this was his urging Congress not to pass a resolution uh, recognizing the facts of the Armenian genocide. And, and the
0: ADL is the Anti-Defamation League.
2: Yeah, the Anti-Defamation League, and he did that largely because uh, at the time Turkey had a much uh, stronger um, relationship with Israel, and um, I think it's getting strong again. But it kind of went down a bit during that whole incident. Flotilla. Uh, yeah, the Flotilla incident. Yeah, but anyway, at the time, this is pre-Flotilla, and Turkish government uh, denies the facts of the, of the genocide, of course, and so Foxman was uh, trying to, you know, make sure that Israel's uh, relationships were as solid as possible, uh, despite, you know, in the process inverting the very core purpose of the Anti-Defamation League, you know, which is to point out. Things like you know genocide, you know. So he was like a genocide denialist, which is which is just like it's 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 an everlasting shame, and and it should be forever affixed to his name.
0: You just sounded so Jewish. It is an everlasting <laughs> shame, and may it forever be affixed to his name.
2: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that, but, but uh, don't apologize. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, But yeah, whatever. So um, so yeah. it, it, in the comic, I basically have a woman who is like, you know, she hears that Abe Foxman will do things if you um, give him a certain amount of money because she heard about the Mark Rich affair in which uh, Mark Rich had given $100,000 to the ADL and Abe had urged uh, a presidential pardon. Mark Rich was this uh, money launderer um, sleazebag, essentially, who uh, Bill Clinton pardoned at the end of his term.
0: And Foxman pressured... Clinton to pardon him, right?
2: Well, he was one of, the, one of the people that, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but urge. He advocated for yeah. Mark Rich to get the pardon, yeah. And anyway, so in the comic, this woman hears about that, and she's a 92-year-old Armenian American, so she raises money all across the country to try and get Abe Foxman enough money to actually have values, you know, or to you know have a, a moral core.
0: Consistency about genocide and bigotry.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to give spoilers, but um, that's, that's basically the narrative thrust of the comic. Right. And so uh,
1: we it's just awesome. see here, what I like is like your comics really bring up a lot of hypocrisy around what w- certain people um, say that they stand for and then uh, what the the real politics behind it. And so like just the fact that you'd think that if you're standing against genocide being perpetuated anywhere in the world, that it's so disheartening to see that uh, like, a, like a national uh, treaty or a deal with Turkey is going to undermine you know, or negate uh, acknowledging a horrific thing that happened to the Armenian people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, We have this this famous line of never again, right, which is supposed to, which is saying never again, what happened in the Holocaust never again, may it never happen again. But there's a lot of like, it's a little disturbing how for some people that's a very, very particular and specific thing, never again to Jews as opposed to a universal never again you know, it's again, it's this, it's this proprietary genocide. Yeah, It's like genocide... TM. TM, of the Jews, yeah.
2: This comic ran the week Foxman fired the ADL's regional New England director for disavowing Foxman's position and for backing a resolution in the U.S. Congress recognizing the fact of the genocide. In the ensuing outrage, Foxman was forced into a rare concession. Quote, "'We've never denied that there was a massacre. We just didn't engage in the G-word,' Foxman told the Forward. Quote, "'Now they're insisting on the G-word. Fine.' Unquote. His carefully worded new position, conceding that the, quote, consequences of the, quote, painful events were, quote, tantamount to genocide, did not assuage the concerns of Armenian-American activists. His continued opposition to, to a congressional resolution infuriated the same groups as well as many in the Jewish community. The stain on the ADL endured for another nine years. It was only after Foxman's retirement that the organization was free to unequivocally recognize the genocide as genocide. All right.
0: So, right, in theory, we don't want the Anti-Defamation League to just be Anti-Defamation of Jews, right? Exactly, it's exactly. not called the Anti-Jewish Defamation League. It's the Anti-Defamation League. Yeah. But there lacks a kind of universalism. Um, yeah. I
1: mean, it really, they, they, it waters down its potency if it's only uh, right. shrill around Jewish issues. Yeah. Right. You know, you got to be shrill around all. Shrill, yeah. <laughs> well, that's how you get attention. Yeah, you, right. you know, you got to. Cackle. Yeah. Cackle
0: around all. uh around mm-hmm. all issues it's true and then it's perpetuates the idea that jews are this kind of mafia that only cares about other jews and one of the best things one of the things that the few things that gives me jewish pride but one of the best the, the best things <laughs> this book ellie says <laughs> is, is ellie's book ellie's comics ellie's writing um <laughs> my own work this radio show the work of gabe the comedy of gabe the honorary, honorary jew. jew yeah um is the universalistic, uh, the tradition of universalism that has existed. And the, uh, you know, the Jews historically have engaged in, in struggles and allied themselves with struggles. This has been largely eclipsed by the uber-nationalism of Israel and the Zionist project. But, you know, we have Jews like uh, in the Spanish Civil War, the, the, the most common...
1: Abbie Hoffman was Jewish.
0: Abbie Hoffman was Jewish, (laughs) major internationalist, uh, levitated the Pentagon. You may have heard of it. Um, But, you know, Yiddish was the most uh, popular language among all the international brigades who fought in Spain against Franco. I mean, that's just an example. Hmm. But a lot of, you know, internationalism, universalism. uh,
2: After Abe Foxman's been gone, the ADL has thankfully been, especially under Trump, much more um, you know combative when it comes to other people's rights, especially Muslim Americans. Mm. However, on the Israel question, they are still um, of course, you know
0: of course. but the ADL, God bless them, the God who doesn't exist, um, mm. actually, I mean, what's so weird and scary is I don't know if you've experienced this, I've talked about this on the show before, but for someone like me who's constantly criticizing, the way that the label of anti semitism is thrown around extremely casually, right, and usually used to describe someone who's not anti semitic but is criticizing Israel, Israel's policies. Yeah. It's a weird experience for me under Trump to actually be saying like, "Hey, that's anti semitic."
2: I know, I know. It, it's it's bizarre. You it's know, bizarre. A, a lot of things have become inverted in the exactly, Trump era. Exactly. Yeah, you know?
0: and so you have Jewish organizations that usually weaponize that term and exploit that term to describe any criticism of Israel. Like being the so whatever the opposite of vigilant is when we've talked about this when Trump's administration on Holocaust Memorial Day doesn't mention Jews and doesn't Mm -hmm. mention anti-Semitism right yeah
2: not only that they've been tacitly um sort of uh, accepting of people like Bannon you know people who are allied with actual Nazis or Gorka you know the Zionist organization of America um tried to have like a dinner hosting Bannon and like uh celebrating him It's disgusting. Doesn't ramping up anti-Semitism
1: abroad uh, increase the case that Israel has no, that no, uh, there totally. needs to prepe-
2: th- they yes. need to perpetuate totally the true. state? I'm not saying they're doing that deliberately, but it's interesting how you know. Uh, no, they. they are... th- I, no, I don't think they actually want anti semitism oh, in America. No, no. All they want is a safe and, and secure and militarily dominant Israel, and anything else that will get in the way of that, basically. And so I'm not saying that that's the. Um,
0: no, but you talk so. about the Paris. Can you briefly talk about the Paris thing where Netanyahu after the attacks in Paris and Charlie Hebdo?
2: Yeah, Charlie Hebdo. Um, you write uh, about it here. Yeah, yeah. We- I mean. <laughs> Basically, I mean, you know, uh, after the, uh, the the horrifying attacks in Paris uh, at the kosher supermarket and at Charlie Hebdo, um, Netanyahu came to Paris, and first of all, they were all talking about like moving all of uh, French Jews to Israel, and he, he came to Paris and he told them that it's like, I forget, it, I actually quoted it here, but it's something like, you know, comparable to the Inquisition, etc., and because it plays into, you know, Israel's conception, like Israel Man and Diaspora Boy, that the only safe place in the world is in Israel, you know? Um, and of
0: course, what's interesting about that is it undercuts the justification it has for killing lots of Palestinians for saying the Iran you know we need weapons uh and 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 Iran shouldn't be able to develop whatever nuclear right, stuff yeah. capabilities. I'm a real expert on the stuff um on the terminology, but that isn't un- I remember thinking that at the same time it's like you can't both boast that Israel is the safest space in the world for Jews and say you're constantly under the threat of uh
1: Existential oh, uh, death crisis. Yeah,
0: thanks so much. What a great show, huh, Gabe?
1: I had so much fun with uh, Ellie Valley in here.
0: Did you feel like you learned more about your Jewish identity? I,
1: uh, I, I now complete. I understand the Jewish identity more than I did before, so this was a transformational interview.
0: Yeah, you understand yourself on, a, on in a way. If we consider you know, an honorary Jew,
1: I, you know, I don't like having identities pushed on me. You're a Jew. <laughs> I'm not pushing it, uh, and uh, I'm 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 happy being a uh, Latino of Mexican descent. Thank you very much. Um, uh, but you know, Jews are great. That's what I learned today.
0: Jews are great, and so are Mexicans.
1: Yeah, I was on the and fence. Mexican <laughs> Jews, the best. Yeah. yeah, Mexican Jews are awesome.
0: You know, he's not actually Jewish. I know. I'm just, yeah, okay, yeah, just
1: yeah, checking, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. It's just this thing that gets brought up on the radio every episode. It's funny. So, I mean, yeah.
0: maybe every four episodes.
1: Um, this was a super Jewish episode and, uh, I was uh, happy to be part of it.
0: Thank you. I feel validated. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Um, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Join our Patreon. We're going to have great bonus content with Ellie.
1: Yeah, guys. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah. Thanks a lot.
0: Patreon.com slash the KD help for sure. rest of our interview with Ellie, please become Patreon supporters at patreon.com/slash the Katie Helper Show. The Katie Helper Show is produced by Florence Burrow Adams with help from Joshua Bregman. And our theme song is by The Ballet. Make sure you use the hashtag KTHelpShow. That's letter K, letter T H A L P S H O W. And follow us on Twitter. That's KTHelps and Gabe underscore Pacheco. See you October 9th at the live taping of the Katie Helper Show at the Brooklyn Commons at 388 Atlantic Avenue.